Hey there, if you're listening to this and you support us on Patreon, you can hear it via the Patreon page ad-free. So now listen, gentlemen, it is start time. Are you ready for start time? listening to Sound Opinions, and this week we share some of our favorite TV show theme songs. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. But first, we have some new music to review from Peter Gabriel. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. a little bit of a song called Panopticon, which launches Peter Gabriel's first album in, uh, a, I think, approximately forever, Greg. <laughs> um, uh, tenth studio album from Peter Gabriel, 21 years since he put out Up in 2002. Now, there were two albums of orchestral music, 2010, 2011, I don't think even Peter listened to those. Mm. (laughs) Um, He was one of the most important and creative forces to emerge from the progressive rock era, just post-psychedelia in the UK uh, in the early 70s. He, of course, uh, was introduced to the world as the lead singer of Genesis. He leaves after The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, which remains one of the weirdest epic concept albums of all time. People thought Genesis was done. People thought Gabriel was done. Instead, between 77 and 82, Peter Gabriel really remade himself as a fantastic art rock experimental artist who also gave us great rock and pop songs four albums all titled simply peter gabriel (laughs) then something weird happened i am uh always struck 
by that period when the progressive rock giants of the early 70s, prone to tales from topographic oceans and great uh, mystical journeys into the ether, suddenly became like dance pop acts. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Genesis gives us We Can't Dance. Uh, you know, Yes, in various incarnations, has a bunch of uh, pop hits. And Gabriel becomes a dance artist, really, with So, Us, and Up, between 86 and 2002. Now, 21 years later, nobody thought we'd hear from Peter Gabriel again. Uh, There he is on the cover, holding his head in his hands, (laughs) looking like he's got the weight of the world on him, uh, and he's full of uncertainty. This is a great quote I found. Um... Phil Collins, the drummer who became the singer uh, in Genesis when Gabriel left, said that uh, Peter was is one of the great ummers and ers of all time. In other words, he he cooks something until it's way overdone. He's never finished. He's always doubting himself. He's wondering if he has something to say or if his current project is finished. Now, many of these songs apparently date. Uh, you know, on the new album, it's called I.O., I should have said that earlier, uh, date back to the up period. But Gabriel has newly finished them with some longtime uh, stalwarts, in- including um, Tony Levin, the great bass player, and uh, my friend Brian Eno, mm-hmm. <laughs> helping yeah, with some yeah. production. And uh, Eno, uh, what, what did they call it on, on Lamb Lies Down on Broadway? Enosification. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. I.O. Input, output, technical studio, digital term, but also the name of the moon of Jupiter, one of the moons of Jupiter. And this album, apparently, all of the songs uh, have some connection to uh, uh, astronomy. So that's what's on Peter's mind. Uh, And he's given us a bounty of music because every song here has what he calls a bright side mix Mm -hmm. and a dark side mix. Two Sides of the Moon. It's always dark on the other side of the moon, Pink Floyd, etc. Okay, um, let's play a track from I.O. by Peter Gabriel, and uh, then we'll get into our reviews. This is called Playing for Time from I.O. by the great Peter Gabriel. Far, far away Out amongst the stars There's a planet spinning slowly we call it ours any time any day any moment that we bring to life will never fade away oh, that is playing for time from the new Peter Gabriel record I Oh, Jim, I have to say, as we uh, contemplated reviewing this album, I go, oh, no, you know. Um, yeah. I have seen, I've listened to way too many ponderous Peter Gabriel albums for about 20, 30 years now. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the early stuff. I thought, you know, the longer stretches between records, the overworked records that he was putting out, the orchestral records really lost me. Yeah. I know the fans probably love them. I just couldn't get through them and enjoy them. Uh, the last solo record I thought was a uh, disappointment, uh, ponderous, uh, difficult to listen to, just the weight of the world on his shoulders at all times. And then I listen to this record and I go, damn, this is pretty good. It's a great uh, record. It's a light record, light heart. I mean, it's, it's lighter than we know Gabriel to be. Mm-hmm. He's writing pop-ish 
songs, but still with an incredible amount of detail in them. Uh, I was really surprised, pleasantly so, that he'd made a, a record like this at this stage in his life. The song uh, Playing for Time is particularly appropriate. Um, it re- in the reference of climbing that hill back to... Uh, you know, Soulsbury Hill, the first yeah, single yeah, he released yeah. back in the late 70s. His first he's solo still, hit. He's on that hill again here, and he's. but now he's looking back. That was about cutting all those ties and going forward, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cutting the cord with Genesis. Here we have him looking back wistfully and, and, and saying, enjoy what you got left. Yeah. We're all facing death. How do you live in that moment? Any moment that we're living, uh, w- that we bring to life. Ridiculous, sublime. He's basically saying, enjoy it all. There's a hill that we must climb Climb through all the mist of time It's all um, I, I really surprisingly love this record. No, I, I agree. I think it's a masterpiece, Greg. Um, you know, there's two Peter Gabriels. The first four self-titled albums uh, were so innovative. Him as a solo artist, all of those four called Peter Gabriel simply, um, eliminating cymbals and bringing in mm. these African rhythms, the huge gated drum sound before Collins got to it uh, within the air tonight. And, and uh, you know, the, the voice was always there, but the way he was playing with different world beats, incorporating them into rock and roll, I think those those albums are just classics. Then we get the Peter Pop era. So us and up. You know, Genesis gives us We Can't Dance. Yes goes to have pop hits. What happened to these prog giants who were all about reinventing this form of rock and roll? And then they all, you know, become pop uh, stars. Um, I didn't care for that, Gabriel. Nobody, like I said, listened to the orchestral record, (laughs) Scratch My Back, New Blood. Uh, And here he is now with sort of the best elements of the dance pop uh, hit era, uh, the MTV era, Sledgehammer, but full of the innovations of those art rock albums. You know, uh, thinking about the universe and even playing for time is a song about, you know, is he talking about each of us playing for time and living in the existential now but also our our world <laughs> right. is melting down, right? This blue orb in the universe is in trouble. Uh, Eno cared about that on his last album, and it was dreadfully dull and ponderous, your word of the day. Um, Gabriel's doing it in a way that still uh, gives us hope. Just when you think it can't get worse, the mind reveals the universe. Opens up the distant star that gives you straight just who you are. Glad to have him back. I'm thrilled. It came out so late in the year we missed it in 2023. This was a fine, fine album, though. That's what we thought of Peter Gabriel's I.O., but as always, we want to hear from you. What do you make of this record? Leave us a voice message on our website, soundopinions.org. Now, when we come back, we'll share some of our favorite TV show theme songs. That's coming up on Sound Opinions. Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island. 
Since 1988, Goose Island has been brewing award-winning beers in Chicago that are inspired by this city. Take 312 Lemonade Shandy, Tropical Beer Hug Double IPA, and a rotating series of hazy IPAs only available in Chicago. Uh, you know, every time we go down to Goose Island, there's another one that they're pushing on us. That's right. You and know, they're all good. Absolutely. And uh, what supporters of, of musical culture, you know, in, in the city of Chicago and elsewhere, uh, if you go to a show in Chicago and you see that Goose Island uh, sign, you know, you know you're in good hands. Uh, they're music fans as well as great uh, beer makers at Goose Island, so we're really proud to be associated with them. The Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Sound Opinions is sponsored by Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success. Skip the grocery store, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options. Factor now offers additional options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep you going no matter what's on the schedule. When things get hectic, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. So if you want to try Factor and make your life easier, here's what you need to do. Head to factormeals.com slash soundops50 and use code soundops50 to get 50% off. That's code soundops50 at factormeals.com slash soundops50 to get 50% off. And we are back. Greg, there was a time when... If I said the two of us watch a lot of television with our significant others, uh, people would be like, oh, you idiots, right? <laughs> we are living in a golden age of quality TV. That's true. Somewhat slowed yeah. down by the pandemic and the writers and actors strike. But but still, there is so much creativity happening that, you know, you can binge these shows. And there's so much in available to us. These great, you know, series that lasted a decade on British TV uh, that ended 50 15 years ago. You can catch up with them, right? So, you know, Carmel and I spend our cold winter nights enjoying these shows, and she was, for a time, the TV editor of the Chicago Tribune, where you worked. Um, and, uh, you know, she has great taste. I just follow her. Whatever she wants to watch, <laughs> I go with her. Yeah. And often, you know, her musical knowledge is not as wide as mine. I, w I would not expect it to be, right? But And she'll she'll hear a song and she'll say, hey, do you know this? Yeah, I know that mm. song, right? And yeah. here it is as the theme song for a great new show. It got us thinking. We've done uh, several interviews over the years with music supervisors who have an unerring ear for choosing a great track, introducing it, uh, uh, to a new audience via what they're doing in a television show. Think of Kate Bush running up the hill mm -hmm. and Stranger Things, right? But we're talking specifically about the theme of a, a show uh, that introduces each and every episode, even if after the first episode you hit skip intro. And I'm going to start with something I, I think I would never have said. Um, <laughs> a good Mick Jagger solo mm -hmm. song. 
good Jagger solo. Now, Slow Horses is one of the best shows on TV today, period. Yeah. Gary Oldham, as uh, formerly Sid Vicious, you know, as a burned out <laughs> old uh, burping, farting spy who runs a group of misfits six inches away from being fired mm -hmm. uh, by MI5, the British uh, CIA, and, uh, you know, all sorts of chaos ensues, right? And Jagger apparently was such a fan of the series of books that this show is based on that he sat down and wrote a theme song for the mm -hmm. show, and it's great. Uh, you know, to quote the man himself, he says it's got a, a kind of Kurt Vile vibe to it, mm -hmm. and still bluesy without being blues. I hadn't done that before, and he ripped off a lot of uh, the lyrics straight from the books. Um, I love the show. I love the song. Heck, heck, I, I love solo Mick Jagger, if only for three minutes. Mm -hmm. Here it is. Surrounded by losers, misfits and boozers, hanging by your fingernails. You may want the steak, you got burned at the stake. You finish, you foolish, you fail. There's always a hope on this slippery slope. Somewhere a ghost of a chance to get back. Strange Game by Mick Jagger opens every episode of Slow Horses. If you ain't seen it, see it now. Oh, yeah. Well, your recommendation got me on the show, and lo and behold, that's Mick Jagger. Yeah, <laughs> I go, I what's know. going on here? What's he doing the here? The show's great. The show, the song is great. Uh, I want to go back uh, a few decades for, for mine because this was kind of a... It was one of those shows I caught up in when I was a teenager. You know, uh, it, it had already aired. It, it, it was called Secret Agent, 1964 mm. through 67. It started out in in England and then was sort of refashioned a bit for the U.S. audience. Uh, but Patrick McGowan was the agent that this guy John Drake, and he was sort of like the anti-James Bond. He didn't he didn't use a gun. He, he, there wasn't old, there wasn't like these romantic uh, you know one night stands that uh, yeah. he was <laughs> Bond not, was into. He, he was stirred, not shaken. He was quirky. He was a quirky secret agent man, and I I kind of you know I could relate to that. Uh, but man, what I could really relate to was this theme song for this uh, for the show. Uh, Johnny Rivers doing an amazing job with uh, Secret Agent, written by P.F. Sloan, best known for Eve of Destruction. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, and yeah. he wrote a ton of great songs. Uh, this being one of them, and that riff is P.F. Sloan's riff, and Johnny Rivers took it all the way. I mean, it's one of the all-time great uh, guitar guitar riffs. Uh, Rivers's version, the one that was a hit. Was uh, originally it was uh, just a verse and a chorus and, and a little bit of that guitar for the theme song, and then Rivers fleshed it out at a live gig at the Whiskey A Go Go in '66, and it went to number three on the pop charts, indicating you know one of those first indications how a TV theme song could translate into a major major pop yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and here's Secret Agent from John. There's a man who leads a life of danger. To everyone he meets, he stays a stranger. With every move he makes, another chance he takes. Odds are he won't live to see tomorrow. Secret agent man, secret agent man. They've given 
That is the theme song for the spy series Secret Agent from the 60s by Johnny Rivers. Greg going with some classics. I'm uh, I'm dealing with mainly newer stuff. Uh, you know, the great footnote to Secret Agent is that then McGowan plays the prisoner. Right, you right. Know, a great for, series. Yeah. For, his, his, uh, for his secret agent doings, he gets entrapped on that psychedelic island. Um, okay, so this is one of those examples where Carmel had never heard this song, and we began to binge uh, Peaky Blinders. This happens fairly often. It happened with Breaking Bad, too. We'll watch the first episode of a show that everybody's raving over, not get hooked, and then put it away, right? Mm -hmm. So many people came back to me and said, you've got to give Peaky uh, I'm going to raise my hand on another that Another chance. You, have yeah. you given it another chance? No, I, I told you to, oh, you to told go give me. it. I was like totally oh, you were, sold yeah. on it. And I in know. fact, I've been playing songs from the show uh, on, the, on, uh, you know, on Sound Opinions, and I'm really glad you're going to play the one that well, you're... Well, Carmel had selected. not heard Red Right Hand yeah, by yeah. Nick Cave and, and the Bad Seeds. And it's, I mean, it's, it is probably his most famous song, even before it was used as this uh, theme song. Um, you know, he wrote it with Mick Harvey. It's, uh, it's based, as so many great uh, Cave songs are, on uh, epic literature, John Milton's poem, Paradise Lost, a lot of Bible imagery, right. this sinister, sinister figure that happens to play in nicely to both the Irish gangs and the IRA, uh, which figure in Peaky Blinders. Uh, interestingly, it was uh, the theme song for all five seasons, but not season six, the last, because uh, Tommy, the main gangster character, uh, who later played Oppenheimer, by the way, um, you know, uh, kind of remakes himself and becomes a good guy. Right. And so you can't have Nick Cave anymore. So the question is, now there's a Peaky Blinders movie in production. Do we get Cave or no Cave? But Red Right Hand, just just a fantastic song, no matter what the context. Out of nowhere, but he ain't what he You'll see him in your head on the TV screen. Hey, buddy, I'm wanting you to turn it on. Oh, he's a goat, he's a god, he's a man, he's a guru. You're one microscopic cog in his catastrophic plan, designed and directed by his red right hand. Nick Cave, red right hand, Killian Murphy, man. What an actor. What an actor. What a show. Uh, the, the, the songs, the choices on that show are incredibly astute. I recommend going back and finding the, uh, the compilations of the songs that have yeah. been played on the, on the show. Uh, quite good. Uh, I'm going to go to... Uh, it's, uh, my wife in particular was a big fan of the show House, mm -hmm. uh, which was you know a massive hit, 2004 to, to uh, 2012. That David Shore series starring the great Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. As a misanthrope, uh, one of the most misanthropic characters ever to star in a mainstream television show. You know, a drug a, addict a, a, genius. A Brit, <laughs> a Brit doing yeah. a fantastic Jersey accent. <laughs> right. You know, now you, he's a blues pianist, and I advocated having him on the show to talk about one of his records, and I remember you shooting me down. I just wanted to talk to Dr. House. Well, well, that's true, and I, 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 I missed that opportunity, and I probably shouldn't have. But the, everything about the show was very astutely done, including the theme song, which was Teardrop by uh, Massive Attack. 
the trip hop uh, flashback, right? Um, that the, the opening they, they they don't use the Elizabeth Fraser vocal, which would seem yeah. to be like wow, that's oh, the key to the twins. song. Yeah. But they just play the intro to the song basically, and it's just haunting, and it completely suits uh, the uh, the theme of the show. You know, each time that piano chord drops, the image changes in those first thirty mm-hmm. seconds, and it's brilliantly done. It sets the mood for the show. It's all instrumental. You don't need the vocal. You just get that down tempo vibe, that darkness, the harpsichord and the piano playing together. It's brilliant. It just sets up the show, and it it it, it tells you. We're in good hands here. This is going to be really cool. (laughs) No matter how weird your disease, Dr. House will figure it out. That's right. The theme song from House, uh, Teardrop by Massive Attack on Sound Opinions. That's teardrop, massive attack, the house theme. Yeah. Can't hear it now without no. without thinking of Hugh Laurie, right? That's what a good theme song does. Right. Uh, let's turn to our associate producer, Sol Delgadillo, who's got a pick. Hello. The song I chose this time for my TV song is I Don't Want to Be by Gavin DeGraw. And it was used as the theme for One Tree Hill. And I think it's very iconic. Um I believe that they used that song for all nine seasons and maybe in like the last two seasons they like did a different rendition of it but either way they still carried throughout the entire thing um as far as why they chose it I have no idea but I think it perfectly fits the theme One Tree Hill came out in 2003 and it's you know about it follows a group of friends that are going through high school and then like early life and all the struggles of being a teen. And I started binge watching that show. I probably binge watched that show maybe like once every couple years. I've probably binge watched it seven times now. I'm, I'm, I'm not even joking. Um, I love that show. There are some themes in it that are kind of problematic now, but Overall, I think it it still it still holds as like one of my one of my favorite TV dramas. I think I don't really watch much TV nowadays, or at least like newer stuff. Um, so I decided to go to a classic that I thought was pretty iconic. Like I said, um, but yeah, here is "I Don't Want to Be" by Gavin DeGraw, the theme song for One Tree Hill. What I've been trying to be lately All I have to do is think of me And I peace of mind One Tree Hill. Never saw One Tree Hill. I think Carmel watched it. I did not either. But I did. we uh, missed that. There's one. so many great shows. I mean, it's impossible 
to watch everybody. everybody. I have so many recommendations for TV shows to watch, and I'm sure great theme songs because these people picking these songs these days are very. You know, if if Sound Opinions wasn't uh, you know barely surviving as a paying enterprise (laughs) to pay our hardworking producers, we could do a TV podcast, Greg. Ah, there you go. As if we're looking for more work to do for free, Uh, Andrew Gill. Our, our ace producer has got a pick. This, this Andrew, this is a great one. Yeah, um, you know, Gilmore Girls, uh, Carol King, Where You Lead, you know? And actually, yeah. you know, th- it's a song off Tapestry, right? But mm-hmm. you guys, would you guys agree it's probably one of the most forgettable songs on Tapestry, maybe? It doesn't stand and, out in context on that album. Yeah, well, it wasn't a hit, but form, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, the original version is, is subpar because this version was re-recorded with her daughter, Louise Mm. Goffin, and they rewrote the lyrics because, you know, the original song was very like stand by your man. Uh, she's described Mm -hmm. it as it was Mm -hmm. very like, I will follow a dude wherever he leads me. Um, subservient, like not very, uh, pro-woman you know Um, and in the context of gilmore girls it becomes about female friendship and strength yeah and a mother and a daughter um Mm -hmm. instead of like a a woman saying i'll follow you man wherever you lead me uh it's a mother saying i will follow and support my daughter wherever she leads me and uh it really like snatches that one from the uh from the you know uh, possible dustbin of history because it was kind of a problematic song before, you know, <laughs> but um, I agree. Uh-huh. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I think Carol King and Louise Goffin agree as well. Um, you know, they, she wasn't performing it live, uh, much. And there was a 2004, um, live DVD that she released where she commented on how she, mm-hmm. she just did not really like the song that much after it had come out. And, now it's kind of like rebirthed. And so anyways, Gilmore Girls is just such a classic show. Uh, my household, we've rewatched the series probably like five times. <laughs> and then it's only on the fourth or fifth that you begin to catch some of the dialogue that went by so quickly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Famously. You new things all the time. Yeah. it's, it's yeah. Um, But like that theme song, when it hits, even though I had never heard that song before I saw Gilmore Girls, I think. Um, and uh, it, but it just hits and. And is really a great there there was a podcast maybe ten years ago called Gilmore Guys, mm. where two two guys rewatched the whole series. And at the end of every episode of that podcast, them and whatever guests they had would sing the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're maybe if you're that's looking, what we need to do, Greg. Yeah. Oh, have, have our have own theme song and then we can sing it. Yeah, get the guests to sing along too. Yeah, so that's the key. Anyways, where you lead. This is technically called "Where You Lead, I Will Follow." Um, but I think the show actually only uses words that were in the original. It just mm. leaves out the problematic parts. So uh, here it is, Gilmore Girls. If you're out on the road, feeling lonely and so cold, all you have to do is call my name and I'll be there on the next train. Where you leave, I will follow.
Gilmore Girls, Carol King and Louise Goffin provided the theme song, Where You Lead. When we come back, we'll play more great TV show theme songs in a minute on Sound Opinions. Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island. Since 1988, Goose Island's been brewing beers in the spirit of Chicago. You can find IPAs, lemonade, shandy, and limited releases in-store or at one of Goose's venues in Chicago. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And we're back. This week, we're sharing some of our favorite TV show theme songs. And now let's hear from our producer, Alex Claiborne. Alex, what have you got for us? Hey, guys. The song I want to play for you today was the theme song of a short-lived HBO series called Winning Time. And it was about the dynasty of the Los Angeles Lakers in the late 70s, supposed to reach up until the early 90s, but unfortunately they canceled it after two seasons. But I will always be grateful that it introduced me to a song that I had not heard before, which was the song My Favorite Mutiny by The Coup, and it features Blackhawk and Tlaib Mm -hmm. Kweli. And it is off there, I believe, 2006 album. I thought that this was the perfect theme song, and they feature Black Thought's verse, which is the first verse and the first chorus. And basically, they're calling for a mutiny and uprising against corrupt organizations, a change in the status quo, a recognition of marginalized people. And I think it fits well because of the time period in Los Angeles in which this series covers or was supposed to cover Mm. in that late 70s, the 80s, the early 90s, you know, all of the things going on, like police brutality, race relations, you know, it really was a very impactful and it's a hard hitting song. Black Thought is awesome. The chorus is great. It has almost a 70s vibe about it as well. A very soul driven energy that I think worked well in the show and works great if you just listen to uh, the song on its own or in context of the original album. That's the coup, my favorite mutiny. Alex chose it uh, for being the theme song of Winning Time. Greg, it's no fair because Alex could do a uh, hundred picks. Uh, she true. is she is our TV. She's a TV maven, culture maven. On the Poobah of TV. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, let's turn to Columbia College intern uh, Max Hatlam. Hey everybody! So I picked the theme song for the show "What We Do in the Shadows." It's an FX comedy about ancient vampires living in modern day New York. It's very funny. And the, the theme song for the show is called You're Dead. It's by an artist named Norma Tenega. Uh, she was a late 60s folk rock artist. I personally didn't know who she was until seeing the show, or actually 
um, the movie that the show was based on. There was a movie in 2014 by the same name, and this was like a spinoff of that. Used the same song, and it's a great fit for a show about vampires. In the first line, she sings, Don't sing if you want to live long. They have no use for your song. You're dead and out of this world. And apparently the song was actually about this late 60s folk music scene in New York. I think Norma was expressing some frustrations with that. I think it's kind of telling of her career in that way because she didn't play music a long time. Um, First album was 66, second one was 71, and then she kind of transitioned into like I said, playing percussion in some other bands, but mostly like painting and and teaching, which is cool. But yeah, Norma Tanega is definitely my favorite artist that I've found through a TV show theme song. Don't sing if you want to live long. They have no use for your song. You're dead, you're dead, you're dead. You're dead and out of this world. You'll never get a second chance Plan all your moves in advance Stay dead, stay dead, stay dead Stay dead and out of this world Man, I love that pick. Uh, You're Dead, Norma Tanega. Uh, that, that's a, a song from the mid-60s. Yeah. She was a, she kind of like uh, presaged the singer-songwriter era, but she wrote some really amazing, I, I, you know, kind of eccentric songs. I think it was then. a great uh, song. I, I think What We Do in the Shadows kind of jumped the shark, to use that TV term. I got, got tired of it after a bit, but uh, what's your next pick? I'm going to go to the uh, the theme song for The Godfather of, of Harlem, uh, mm. which I binged on uh, a few months ago. Um, I'd, I'd primarily drawn to it uh, because of the cast. Um, I, I no- noticed that uh, Forrest Whitaker was going to be playing the drug lord Bumpy Johnson. He's based just, on he's great. Factual, yeah. you know, a story, histo- yeah. historical reference, this, this uh, guy, Bumpy who was uh, befriended uh, Malcolm X, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and even though they were completely opposites in a lot of ways in what they believed in, they, they tried to work together to uplift the black community. Um, and, the, and the music, again, strikingly great. Uh, the theme song was just... Deb started singing... My wife, Deb, started singing the theme song when the show wasn't <laughs> playing because it was just stuck in our heads. It was yeah. just one of those earworms that you couldn't uh, get rid of, and it was a, a brilliantly done song. It's called Just In Case... Uh, with Swizz Beats, Rick Ross, and DMX combining uh, to play this theme that we heard consistently for weeks as we were binging on the show. Uh, you know, this, this soaring chorus with a church choir, uh, the the lyrics, open up my window again, I can hear death calling my name, I swear to God things ain't gonna change, I keep a revolver with your name just in case. This whole idea of, you know, uh, being a b- black uh, man in America in the 60s was dangerous business. I, it still is, it never never went away. But it really gets to the heart of uh, that that issue in the black community, and the theme song totally encapsulated. It. Even though hip hop hadn't been invented yet, yeah. uh, nonetheless, it spoke very much to uh, what was happening in the uh, you know historically based drama on the screen. This is just in case the theme song for the Godfather of Harlem uh, TV series. Open up my window again. I swear to God, things ain't gonna change. 
Just in case, Swizz Beats, Rick Ross, and DMX, a uh, theme from Godfather of Harlem, a great series. Check it out if you have not already. Greg, I'm going to the long-running show Shameless. I uh, used the phrase jump the shark uh, earlier. I think it was great for a long time. I love the fact that it was showing us parts of Chicago that you never see mm-hmm. in TV series. And, and, and uh, a working-class lower class uh, population you rarely see on TV. Mm -hmm. But, you know, how many times uh, was Dad going to get drunk and ruin everything? I mean, after a while, it was done. Um, You know, I was not a fan of the high-strung band of of musicians from Michigan who form in Williamsburg, where else in the early 2000s heyday of strokes, yeah, yeah, yeahs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in a lot of ways, the luck you got, the song that uh, kicked off Shameless for such a long time, was second-rate White Stripes, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounded like a White Stripes song, Mm -hmm. very much so. But it's a great song, and it was perfect for these down-on-their-luck family members that were the heart of the show. You know, think think of the lyrics. Think of all the luck you got. Know that it's not for naught. You were beaming once before, but it's not like that anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's about living in the muck and the mud. Shameless. and uh, But trying to make the best of it. And that's what this song, I think, perfectly captured. Uh, Came from an album called Moxie Bravo in 2006. The High Strung never achieved anything near the success of those other uh, Brooklyn bands from the early 2000s, but uh, they got a form of immortality nonetheless with this dude. the show shameless i i knew you'd have to have something from this show uh greg <laughs> where you're going next i wanted to go to something by tom waits the song way down in the hole uh, originally written for his 1987 album frank's wild years and then repurposed for one of the great uh series of all time hbo's the wire david simon five seasons of david simon greatness basically dissecting different aspects of mm-hmm. baltimore uh, just urban drama of the highest level, acting, music, everything working together incredibly well. And the same well, well thought out theme song, you know, Waits, Way Down in the Hole is basically, it's, it's self-descriptive. I mean, it, it, it basically gets to the idea of the way a lot of people felt, the way a lot of people feel in this series about, you know, digging themselves out of a hole that just does, seems endless. Waits' song captured that, and each season had its own particular version of that theme. So it wasn't just Waits' version that was used. It was the Blind Boys of Alabama, mm-hmm. the Neville Brothers, Steve Earle. They were all contributing different versions uh, per, per each season. So it's, it's an incredible, it, you know, it's like a Sophie's Choice kind of deal. Which one do you think is the best? Yeah, I mean, they're all brilliant in their own way. If I had to choose just one, I, I'm a sucker for the Blind Boys of Alabama, and mm. uh, their version just blows me away every time I hear it. 
But and you can't re- go wrong with any of them, and it just so suits uh, one of the greatest, uh, grittiest uh, TV series of all time. Here is Way Down in the Hole as interpreted by the Blind Boys of Alabama, the Tom Waits song, the theme song for the Wire series. If you walk through the garden, you better watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon for the state in Good one, Greg. Tom Waits, Down in the Hole, Blind Boys of Alabama doing it. You ever go back to uh, uh, the earlier Simon Connected uh, Homicide series? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we bought the DVD box set. Came in a little filing cabinet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool. Wow, that's yeah. cool. Uh, I'm going to Orange is the New Black, a revolutionary show in many ways, portraying women in prison, women of color, uh, women of many ethnic origins, just so many great female actors. Greg, there was a, a period there where New York actresses, uh, uh, you know, people of color, uh, trans people, Laverne Cox, you know, uh, so many people who we wouldn't have seen on television uh, were getting these roles and just killing it. Mm-hmm. So much talent in, in those casts. Now, I have never been a fan of the Russian-born, New York-based singer song writer Regina Spector also you know burst onto the scene in that early 2000s explosion of creativity mm-hmm. in New York she just had a little too much Broadway in her you know but I think her song You've Got Time uh, written specifically for Orange is the New Black just like Mick Jagger with Slow Horses uh, it was the perfect choice of the artist and the song it is about Animals, animals trapped in the cage, mm-hmm. and it's got such a a uh, furious pent up energy. It, it captures, I think, the uh, the feeling of being locked up, being behind bars. Uh, showrunner uh, Jenji Cohen said that she was listening to Regina Spector the entire time she was writing the hmm. first uh, uh, episodes of Orange Is the New Black, and then she was over the moon when uh, Spector said she would write a song and record a song. To to power that show. Um, so Orange is the New Black was the show. Regina Spector's You've Got Time. Regina Spector, you got time. I think you like Regina Spector overall a little more. Yeah, than me. yeah. I'm uh, just I, a hair more. Perhaps I don't know. You know who was a big fan? I just remember this. Uh, the Strokes were a huge Regina Spector fans. Yeah, well, I, they were all yeah. hanging out. You know, I know. how much of it was personal and uh, social, yeah, and how much of it was. Musical. I just remember them touting her long before I'd heard of her, and uh, you know that got me on her on on the Regina Spector radar. Uh, I want to go back to uh, the 70s and Sanford and Son, a groundbreaking show uh, starring Red Fox. The fact that Red Fox 
got a was in America's homes every yeah. week yeah, yeah, during yeah. that era. I mean, one of the raunchiest Bluest comedians of the blue, funny, yeah. funny as heck. But no way did he belong on mainstream TV. And there he was in Sanford and Son, starring. You know, uh, Sanford. He played. Fred Sanford, Red Fox, and and his son was uh, played by Damon Wilson, and uh, the show for five years was was quite well received, huge audience, and 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 talked about just two guys uh, owning a junk shop in Watts in L.A. Junkyard, yeah, I love it. You know, uh, based on a British sitcom again. You know, Steptoe and Son was kind of the model for this, but they made it. A, now they're two black guys in in in. Uh, in a rough area, uh, and and it was brilliant, and and the theme song was equally brilliant. Quincy Jones, who, you know, whatever you may think of Quincy, before he got before he worked with Michael Jackson, I mean, he worked with everybody. He was a an incredible, incredibly prolific composer, arranger, and producer. He'd done work with Ray Charles, Frank Sinatra, Count Basie, Ella mm. Fitzgerald, uh, and and he wrote tons of TV and movie themes. I mean, it was one of his bread and butter. Revenue streams, right? Um, Quincy, uh, you know, he he was in a, an incredible series of deadlines uh, when he was assigned to write a theme song for this new series. I interviewed him once, and he said, "I, I knocked off the song in 20 minutes. I called mm. it the Street Beater because I wanted something that was as wicked and gritty and funky." As Fred Sanford's junk shop, I wanted something that you know that you know kind of orally gave you a, a window, a picture of that of what that environment was like. You know, I, I wrote it what what Red Fox looked like in the sh- in the show, mm. and it, it is gritty. It, it it's it, they knocked it out in in a matter of uh, hours. Uh, Tommy Morgan's bass harmonica was sort of like a really a big part of that theme. He wanted that sort of gravelly tone that emulated uh, Sanford's voice. Mm. So uh, here we got, uh, Quincy called the song Street Beater. Uh, it is better known as the theme song for Sanford and Son on Sound Opinions. Quincy Jones with the street beater from Sanford and Son, a 70s classic TV series. You know, there was a stretch there where you couldn't go into a guitar store or a musical store in New York and not hear somebody playing that or the theme for <laughs> Barney Miller. <laughs> right. Also right. way, way up there. Right. right? Uh, I got one last pick, Greg, and it's by Aloe Black. I need a dollar. How to Make It in America was the show. Uh, you know, Carmel, as TV editor uh, for a long stretch there, was always watching uh, previews or, the uh, you know, the first two or three episodes of something to get ready to run coverage in the Chicago Tribune. Uh, this is not a show that she continued to watch and have me uh, watch with her, uh, but forever, like you were talking about Deb uh, singing uh, uh, Swizz Beats, uh, she, she was going around saying, I need a dollar, a mm-hmm. dollar, a 
dollars what I need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, show about two guys trying to make it in New York's infamous uh, garment district. Uh, you get cutthroat there. Uh, and Aloe Black just nailed it with this theme song. Uh, Egbert Nathaniel Dawkins III, hmm. raised in Orange County, California, of Panamanian parents, a really interesting artist uh, above and beyond, uh, connecting with most people via this television show. Mm-hmm. Um, how to Make It in America, Aloe Black's I Need a Dollar. I need a dollar, 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 that's what I need. Hey, hey. Well, I need a dollar, 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 that's what I need. Hey, hey. Said I need a dollar, 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 that's what I need. And if I share with you my story, would you share your dollar with me? Bad times are coming and I reap what I done sow. Black, I need a dollar uh, from How to Make It in America. That's a good one to catch up on, Greg, yeah. if you haven't binged it. I like the song. That wraps up our favorite TV show theme songs. We could have gone on for a hundred more picks, especially with Alex. Uh, but <laughs> we want to hear from you. Do you have any uh, that you would add to the list? Which songs keep you from hitting skip intro? Leave us a voice message on soundopinions.org with your thoughts. We can share them on the show. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Jim, next week, an uh, in-depth interview with a great artist, an artist we've loved for many, many years, a, a polymath, if there ever was one, mm. activist, uh, teacher, uh, poet, and uh, a great songwriter and composer, uh, Jamila Woods. And do not forget to check out our bonus podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this program belong solely to Sound Opinions and not necessarily to Columbia College Chicago or our sponsors. Thanks, as always, to our Patreon supporters. Sound Opinions is produced by Andrew Gill, Alex Claiborne. Our associate producer is Sol Delgadillo. And our Columbia College intern is Max Hatlam, while Katie Cott covers us on the social media front. It's not gonna be a big production. It's not butterflies or fireworks. Said it's gonna be a tiny garden. But I feed it every day. I feed it.